0: Hello and thank you for listening to Ethiopia Insight's first podcast with me, William Davison. Um, this is an interview with Harry Verhoeven about the Grand Ethiopian Renaissance Dam and all matters related to it. Um, Harry teaches at the School of Foreign Service at Georgetown University in Qatar and he is something of an expert in regional hydropolitics as well as an impressive range of other issues. Um, this discussion was actually recorded on September the 1st. So that was before last week's announcement um, from the federal police that Semenu Bekele, the GERD chief engineer, committed suicide. Um, And it was also before the documentaries were aired about METEC and its problems at GERD. Um, So obviously we do not discuss the consequences of those issues directly, um, but everything that Harry says is of direct relevance to related issues. Um, so thank you again for listening, and I do hope you enjoy our conversation. Thank you very much for joining me today, Harry. Um, I was hoping you could start us off by explaining a bit about yourself and also your involvement with Nile Basin politics.
1: Sure. So I'm a, I'm a professor of government at Georgetown University at the School of Foreign Service in, in Qatar. And I've been working on the Nile and Nile-related issues, particularly from a political angle, for the last seven. um I did my PhD focusing on the links between water and political power in Sudan, which is, of course, the very heart of the, of the Nile Basin, and that's, uh, that's actually quite a lot in Sudan. The building of the modern Sudanese state and the of, um, uh, authority and infrastructure, particularly as they pertain to water, have gone hand-in-hand hand for uh, for at least the early 19th century. And so my PhD tried to explain this and therefore tried Sudan's dam program, which, until Ethiopia launched its own, was the most ambitious in Africa. And it tried to sit that program that Sudan had in the early 2000s in this wider historical uh, context and try to forward to the regional repercussions this would have. And as I was also began to do field work in other Nile-basin countries apart from, from Sudan. I increasingly began to focus on, on, on Ethiopia, which as I said, launched a dam program both in terms of the number of projects but also in terms of the money uh, to be spent on it. That was even more ambitious than, uh, than Sudan's. And so I've, I've continued working on these issues, following them uh, in Egypt, uh, in Uganda, in Ethiopia and Sudan and to a lesser extent in some of the other upstream countries in the in the Nile Basin and so water politics, hydro politics is not the only thing I do uh, I try to understand you know, from a, you know, a broader perspective The again the trajectories of these different African states but I do think that water the environment more broadly is a particularly good lens to try to capture some of the continuities, but also some of the changes in the in the region okay
0: all right thank you very much um, okay, let's, let's move quite a long way um, into the situation that we have surrounding Ethiopia's Renaissance Dam. And, and just to give you, you know, a quick summary of the context that I want you to comment, comment on, um, we've mm-hmm. had a lot of political turmoil and uh, you know, a significant change in the political leadership in Ethiopia with uh, the Prime mm-hmm. Minister Abiy Ahmed coming to, coming to power and everything associated with that. We've had some comments from Prime Minister Abiy, which, to me, appeared to be the first time the Ethiopian government has started to speak about problems with the Renaissance Dam. Whilst previously, you know, it had been um, lots of you know very positive, very bullish talk about the project. Um, we've seen the shocking death of the chief engineer Semenu Bekele, and then more recently there has been this suggestion. Um, very clearly reported suggestion, but I guess we're, we're yet to see all the confirmed details, that METEC, the Metals and Engineering Corporation, is, is going to be removed from the project and someone else is going to take over its installation work. Um, and then I, I guess the other thing to mention is, is all of the regional diplomatic activity that, that Abbey has been involved in, whether with the huge uh, detente with Eritrea and President Isaias, and also the, the, the key role of the, the United Arab Emirates um, and Saudi Arabia um, in, in this kind of new political phase in, in Ethiopia. So that's the broad sort of summarized context, as I understand it. What does that tell you about the Renaissance Dam and its current role in Ethiopian politics and, and, the, and the broader region?
1: Well, I think the key thing... <coughs> To uh, start any analysis of the of the dam, but of this project or other projects, uh, with is to remind ourselves of the fundamental character of the international relations of the Horn of Africa or of the of the Nile Basin region, which is that you are dealing with relatively uh, weak states uh, that have historically had uh, trouble projecting authority over the entirety of their their territory, which has both exposed them to external intervention, whether from by other players in the region or from outside the region, um, but also, of course, uh, societies that have long had a very difficult relationship with the states, with the governments that claim to rule over them. Um, and that is uh, important in and of itself because many of these these projects, uh, like the GERD, aim, of course, to further extend the writ of the state and to increase its fiscal capacity, to increase its ability to deliver public services to the to the people. But often, at the same time, requires such sacrifices of people that they, so to speak, alienate as many people as they actually bring on board with the status project. And so, in, in, in grand structural contours, this is always very important to remember. Now, when the Grand Ethiopian Renaissance Dam was launched in April 2011, this was, of course, at a time of great regional turbulence. Uh, you remember, of course, the the Arab Spring, which was in which was in full swing. Most importantly for the Nile Basin in Egypt, but also lots of questions about what this would mean for Sudan, for Eith- Eritrea, for Ethiopia, maybe for Kenya, Uganda and, and other states uh, further further afield. Um, but so this this this, this fundamental instability um, is, of course, often experienced as very negative by governments who are afraid that this will challenge their hold on power, but also, of course, holds the creative potential, holds the, at least the... The um, yeah the, the the potential that the future may well look very very different and so this, this 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 constant swings that you've seen in the moods from you know this dam is absolutely going to happen to perhaps you know as Pastor Abi said you know this dam will not be completed for ten years or perhaps even never it is in many ways it's a reflection of the fundamental instability of much of the much what is related as I said to the very weakness of many of these states and the difficulty they have in finding a mutually beneficial relationship with the societies over which they they govern. Uh, and so for the Grand Renaissance Dam, you know, when when, when you've seen this this, this commotion, external but in recent weeks and months, uh, internally, it really shouldn't, shouldn't Ethiopian Renaissance Dam has required extraordinary sacrifices of Ethiopians. As you know, uh, for reasons to do with national the self-image of the of the EPRDF government, uh, it's highly funded by Ethiopian that in and of itself, of course, in Africa is a very remarkable statement. I have to say, you know, we are going to shun donors and do it entirely ourselves. Uh, but it has, of course, required not just ordinary people buying uh, buying bonds and participating in lotteries, but also, for example, just giving up the equivalent of one month's salary every year. And at a time when inflation is in a double digit, kind of stuff that really hurts. That's the kind of stuff that is that is, that is a real material suck. And so when people have a sense that you know either the government is just trying to hijack this for its own purposes or... That their money has been in this case, and the allegations that uh, at least some of the money has gone to uh, military-industrial military, actors who didn't quite know what they were doing and who were out of depth, they couldn't quite deliver on. Well, you understand that then um, that becomes a you know, that you know again uh, becomes connected to that much longer history of failed development projects uh, and the Ethiopian state. Uh, and so that's I think you know the well, on the structural level the the background for why we're seeing. Uh, this, this debate and the particular sensitivity with regards to the GERD. Um, so, so
0: how consequential do you see um, this current shift that we're seeing in, in how GERD is perceived by the Ethiopian public? And what do you think um, is the best way forward um, for this new Ethiopian administration to, to address the concerns it has about the project, but also the, the concerns that the public has um, about about the scheme
1: well I think what the Prime Minister has done can both be seen as brave but also as very dangerous so essentially what what he has done is he has brought the the the, the problem that exists in the in the design and the to not only the political debate but in the ongoing power struggle involved with of course with other factions of his of his of his party is essentially tried to weaponize uh, the until recently largely silent controversy about the GERD and tried to blame not necessarily literally but clearly by association a number of very prominent tigrayan generals businessmen and um, and politicians and said that you know this 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 his action on on gurd uh, must be must be understood as part of his much wider cleanup of government uh, which of course is is opponents very much interpret as a as a deeply partisan move that has has nothing to do necessarily with with liberal values or caring so deeply about ethiopia but everything with his attempts to to consolidate his own personal power base or at least that of the of the opdo party movement he um, he represents now i say that that is quite risky because as very often with mega projects at the moment you know a controversy starts it's extremely difficult um, for any government to regain uh, the trust of its of its people it's very very difficult then later even if real changes are made in terms of the procurement of different uh, vital parts of the dam, like, for example, the turbines or other or other elements of the, of the process, it's extremely, extremely difficult to convince people because people will begin to have a sense, ah, but maybe perhaps there's other things they're hiding from us that are not being shared with us that, that Abby or others are for whatever reason keeping from us. And so in that sense, he has really um, engaged in a high-state game in which you know there, there may be a permanent loss of 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 belief, of trust in this project, a project that more than any other for DPRDF was meant to galvanize the Ethiopian nation and bring people uh, inside and outside the country together behind this grand vision of Ethiopia taking control uh, of uh, of the Nile waters or at least of the Blue Nile, and thereby uh, re- resetting essentially uh, regional relations. So, know I, I think it's a very it's a very high stakes gamble. Abiy, of course, knows what the history is of development projects in Ethiopia, and he knows the weight it has uh, of you know accusing certain uh, parts of or of the government uh, of um, of corruption and and mismanagement. It's a risk he is willing he's willing to take. Whether um, you know, the system as a whole and the grid as a project can survive that, I, I think at the moment yes, but it's, it's, it's quite, quite risky and the longer the controversy would drag on and the more uh, public statements you would get about this, I think the, the more dangerous it becomes for the project itself.
0: Right. Okay. So, I can see clearly the, the political logic that you're talking about with regards to the power consolidation efforts, internal struggles within the EPRDF um which lends itself to to this criticism of the project. But of course the flip side of that is that, you know, in, in many ways this is obviously this is a project which is very important for the Ethiopian people, um, very important for the Ethiopian state. Um, the government has invested a lot of it, in it. A lot of mm-hmm. that investment has come from the people. We know about the infrastructure and the the electricity, the power deficit that nations like Ethiopia Face. And this is an example of an African country trying to capitalize on its natural resources to try and make up for that infrastructure deficit. It was part of an effort to produce enough power to sell abroad and also industrialize Ethiopia to, to bring itself out of poverty. My, my point is that we can see the political logic of criticizing it, but isn't eventually this an Ethiopian project? which it will make sense for what is otherwise a seemingly very patriotic leader, like Abiy, that he will want to get behind in the same way that the previous government did.
1: I, I think you're absolutely right there, but I think what, what, what the risk is in this strategy is that at, at some point that may become very difficult, even if, indeed, the, the technocratic case for regional integration, of which the GERD would be an essential part, has not changed. And so that that's where that, that's where I, I think his discourse and the way he has communicated about it too. I mean, as we as we said earlier, he first mentioned it to a group of Ethiopian young people, almost dropping it in uh, you know, without it really being prompted without there being much uh, much context to it. and that led to lots of speculations. Then, of course, you had the the death of 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 the engineer of Semenyu, uh, which itself led to, let's do lots of 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 anger and frustration among people because Samani, of course, had become the symbol of the GERD and certainly the public face, the man who did the communication both externally and internally. Uh, And the fact, of course, that the prime minister, due to his America trip, missed the funeral. Um, I was at the funeral. I know a number of people were were very angry that he wasn't there and said that this matter is so important that he should have returned uh, to at least attend the funeral. He shouldn't have left it just to the president um, to attend. Uh, People understood that this America trip you know, you can't just almost flippantly make those comments, certainly in the political comment, and then you know when, when when someone is is killed or took his own life, not show up for the for the funeral. It's 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 been a, a strange thing. And then you know after that, again, the Prime Minister has communicated relatively little about the investigation regarding the, the death of the engineer. Uh, but then of course in in recent days again he's made a number of statements and I'll take a number of acts um, which go back to those statements made to the Ethiopian youngsters. Suggesting that there's been mismanagement possibly potentially even large-scale corruption that has meant that the project has been imperiled Um, You know that kind of communication again. I understand it from from the political logic, but I think it is in many ways um, Yeah undercutting uh, Potential future scenarios where he would then again rally behind it Maybe he's counting on a scenario where he's the man who fixed the project and who delivered it after all Um, but I think that it's as I said before, that I, th- I think that it's that it's risky and that he may overestimate his own ability uh, to do so.
0: Do we see this as an element of short-termist thinking, possibly, or poorly thought out long-term thinking?
1: um I, I think I think it is it it is both. I mean, in the sense that you know it it's clearly meant to, as I said, in the very short term, to be part of this power struggle, and this is a very Effective way, I think one of the most the best ways of getting getting as I said, you know to the to the uh, to the Tigrayan power block because people have sacrificed so much care so much about this because it has such uh, name recognition amongst the Ethiopian populace and uh, that very clearly much more than these kind of nebulous accusations about about corruption or mismanagement is really uh, gives people a, a very concrete idea of what this may look like and why a change in um in the leadership at the very helm of the party is is necessary, um, but as I said, as as he as he has done that, not only are there a number of bridges burned, I think in the process with with part of the of the degree and power block, uh, but also um, I I think it uh, you know it it reflects poorly on this on a kind of more long term strategy because if he, if he really believes in in transparency and the government talking about failed development projects, there are lots of other places that he could have started with. He could have spent a lot more time, for example, talking about sugar. He could have spent a lot more time talking about uh, land and uh, land expropriation, whether in Addis Ababa or in Oromia or in Western Ethiopia. Uh, or he could have detailed some of the abuses that happened in the East. He didn't choose to do that. About those things, he's been a lot more vague uh, than he has about this. And and so I think, um, again, I can I can clearly see the political logic. Um, but again, I think that uh, that in 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 the longer term, this is yeah, this is quite poorly uh, thought through and 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 full of of perils actually for for a man who so far has played the political game remarkably well and really found a way to speak to Ethiopians uh, that no other politician has in recent years. Good,
0: and just to just to finish off on on this element before we move to the kind of the regional um, situation. I think it's important to note that what has been discussed publicly and and revealed by the government about the dam is important. Um, And I think maybe there's still this sort of unspoken issue about um, the scale of the project and and how Mm -hmm. smaller um, approaches could have been taken from a purely engineering perspective if it hadn't been for the nation building political component to this project. But then there's also the... The fact, it seems, of the problems that um, the government has had and METEC has had in particular in constructing the dam. Do you not see that as quite an important thing for the government to communicate, to come clean with the Ethiopian public, to say, you know, the, the expectations, the projections, um, maybe even the reports of progress were, let's say, over optimistic? And that it's important for them to set the record straight, which is one of the things that that Abby has has also done in the past uh, few weeks and months.
1: Well, I'm not sure he has set the the record straight. I mean, he 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 has essentially blamed all the problems in in the project on one faction and on one group of people, which is right as I said before, not not untrue, but it's a simplification. And it leaves out a number of problems. I mean, there's you know without going too much into detail, but but clearly there's an issue here between parts of the federal bureaucracy, the prime minister's office, Metek and Salini, all of whom have very complex relations with each other. Um, there, is, you know, there, there really are a number of basically technical problems, there's a, problem, a number of problems of management. In some cases, they may have been very deliberate uh, stealing of funds or false promises made. But, you know, reducing this essentially, because that's the impression that's been given, Um, You know, uh, Metec overcharged and uh, was reluctant to any changes in the agreement we had made with them. And therefore, they are solely to blame for this, which is very strongly, as I said, the thrust of the communication that I think is is not coming clean. That I think is playing political games. If we are talking about coming clean, I think it, it is important, for example, the prime minister could have ordered a full review, full audit. Of all uh, major federal projects, which would, of course, include have included the GERD as well as a number of others, other dam projects, I've mentioned the sugar, there's a number of roads and industrial parks that are being constructed, the railway, there's, there's lots of things to talk about, um, but which would have, I wouldn't say depoliticized the issue, but at least gotten it out of the the, the very kind of the, the power struggle that that's going on. And I think that that would have been a better way internally. Of maintaining stability but also boosting confidence in government but also externally don't forget of course that it's not just Ethiopians who are watching these these claims it's also um, foreign observers Egypt of course Gulf Arab states Sudan um, who may well seize on this in ways that Abiy Ahmed didn't anticipate one potential interpretation is Ah, now they have the trust in Ethiopia so they will definitely be willing to go along with its regional integration designs but another potential conclusion is that they that they that they say, well, you know, this shows that Ethiopia is fundamentally unreliable and that we can't go for regional integration that the idea that we would be buying, that we reliably be buying power from Ethiopia for the next 40 years um, is not a good proposition. And if that would be the conclusion that they draw from this, which is something Abiy doesn't control, then I think that would have been a major, major foreign policy blunder uh, and one that Ethiopia will regret for, for years, maybe for decades to come. So again, you know, it's really important to, to highlight what potentially the long-term political consequences are of this type of communication and this type of framing, um, and and as I, and trying to, uh, to to argue that this is either you know keeping it under wraps and not talking about it at all or coming clean. I mean, that's not the discussion I think we're, we're we're having here. I think it's a lot more complicated uh, than that.
0: Okay, and how do you connect um, Abiy's position on the Renaissance Dam? Um, with the steps that he's taken in terms of regional diplomacy, and most prominent among those is, is obviously the, 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 the peace deal with Zayas and, and Eritrea, but also this um, improvement <coughs> of relations with, with the Gulf Arab states, with the United Arab Emirates in particular. Uh, what interplay do you see there between the approach to the dam and the, uh, and the, and the regional diplomacy?
1: Well, first of all, I also want to make the point about regional diplomacy that this is not necessarily just Abbey. A lot of these these trends and these developments have been in the work for a long time. I mean, take for example the Eritrea file. The truth is that there have been discussions on um, on the future of relations with Eritrea uh, for the last three years at least. I mean, in a sense, they've always been discussions, but certainly in the last two three years, there have been very intense discussions at the highest levels of the party, sometimes uh, with 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 um, with outsiders present, oftentimes among among themselves. And it was it has been clear for a while that a very significant uh, number of people in the Politburo and, and across the party uh, thought that the, that, the, that the policy was completely unsustainable. The, the problem was that the that the prime minister at the time, Haile Mariam, did not possess the political capital, nor, I think, the political instincts, to play this well. Uh, what Abiy has done is he stepped on the accelerator and he's done a number of things and he's taken the personal credit fine by me, but to present this as if he out of the blue came up with this idea, an idea that no one else ever had, that this had not been discussed or prepared, and that he then went to Asmara, that again is a major simplification. I understand why certain people want to present it as such. I understand why some of Abiy's supporters want to spin it as such, but that's not quite correct. The same applies for his interactions with with the Gulf or with Egypt or with Sudan. Again, what you're seeing is novelty, not change you've seen a bit of a change of tone. You've seen, I'll putting a particular spin on it. Um, but there's been no, uh, complete, uh, as I said, uh, uh innovation or c- pulling things completely uh, out of his hat uh, completely unexpectedly. That's, that's, that's simply in, in, incorrect. Um, and again, that I think that has repercussions and in the context of, of good, you know, Ethiopian foreign policy, um, has tried in recent years to regain some of its, of its, of its dominance and flexibility um, that, it, that it once had. It had lost some of that due to the growing influence of Gulf actors uh, in the region. Uh, Abi, I think, has successfully, and, and, and the people around him, have, have, have successfully tried to uh, re-engage Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, which, again, was a process that already had been ongoing for at least two years prior to his appointment as party chair and prime minister, uh, but which he has, has carried forward which he has been able to present if only by virtue of being the new prime minister uh, as his own and as a, as, a, as a new initiative. But there too, I don't quite see the change that many people um, would like to discern in, 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 in those developments. Ethiopian foreign policy is still fundamentally the same. It's still aimed at regional integration. It's still aimed at giving itself flexibility in dealing with different partners. Of course, there is a big uh, public relations boost to the reconciliation with with Eritrea, it's a massive thing. It's something that people like myself have advocated for for a long time, um, but it's 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 not uh, as I said, it's not it's not a revolution. That, that that's that's just inaccurate.
0: Okay, and you don't see any strong connections between the approach to Gerd and this. If not, it's not if it's if it's not a change in policy, it's a. Um, a change in, in emphasis or a change in tone that we've seen um, in terms of yeah. r- relations with the with the Gulf states in, and, and to, also with
1: Egypt as well. Well, okay. Well, well, one thing that connects those things obviously is is the is the anti-TPLF factor, right? I mean, um, clearly uh, for both Abiy and Isaias, the significance of the mutual visits and the reopening of the embassy and the Ethiopian Airlines flights, etc., lies in the fact that they're able to tell their respective constituencies. This would not have happened uh, if Goyane, if the TPLF had still been there. Now that they're no longer there, now we can do this. Again, that's a simplification of the issue, but it's, it's political spirit, it's part of the political game to, to, on both sides, by the way, to present it as, as such. Uh, very similarly, of course, Abby can seize on that perception that exists of, of, of newness, to go to Cairo, to go to Khartoum, to say, ah, I'm the new prime minister. What is it that you felt that you couldn't talk about? Let's discuss it now. Yeah, the, the, but again, that, that's, that's not something that's particular to, to Abiy or to, to, to Ethiopia. That happens all around the world, that, that leaders and administrations try to present things um, as such. In Abiy's case, you know, the, the, the clearly the overriding objective is the consolidation of, of power. In himself and the people around him, and the and the, the, the party that, that he heads, um, yeah, spinning lots of things. As 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 that the TPLF was dead set against it, uh, that the TPLF was the was the most important obstacle there, uh, just as it is clearly in, in in his communication the the biggest factor undercutting the, the finishing of Gerd. Yeah, I leave that I leave that for him. As I said, I, I, I don't necessarily see see it as see it as such. But I again, I understand why why he does that. And yeah, that's 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 the way politics politics goes.
0: Okay, um, and with the issue of Gerd, you mentioned that um, Ethiopia's actions, the the news, sort of um, skepticism about Gerd that we've seen from from, from the government um, could lead. Some of the nations in the region to have doubts about Ethiopia's commitment to it, and therefore not see Ethiopia as a reliable source of electricity and, and GERD as a project of regional integration. But isn't it also don't, we also need to look at the fact that Cairo, for example, has been um, clearly very worried about the project, given the government's the Ethiopian government's new stance towards GERD. Is there not mm-hmm. a possibility that they will actually see an opportunity here to kill the project entirely, or at least to very significantly change it, change its nature?
1: Well, well, of course. And, and, and let me let me say straight up, I, I think some of Cairo's reservations have always been justified. I mean, some of them were clearly opportunistic and in bad faith. But some of the questions, for example, about the operation of the of the so-called Saddle Dam. Uh, which is not the main dam, but a dam caused by, but that's very important to the functioning and the safety of the project as a whole. I think some of the questions they asked there are, are very um, are, are are very well deserved, I mean very similarly there's a number of questions indeed about the size of the reservoir, of course about the impounding period, all of these I think have, have lots of merit. What, as I said, what I think Abi exposes himself to, or exposes Ethiopia to, is that, he, that 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 the Egyptians yeah, see this as a, as a sign of weakness and 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 then go to go around to lots of other people saying look this is what we told you all along this is why it's fundamentally unreliable because they can't do it they can't they can't get this straight um, and they, they they politicize it and 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 that that that's exactly where from an Ethiopian perspective the the danger lies now as a neutral observer as someone who who's neither pro-Ethiopia nor, nor pro, pro-Egypt, but who tries to think of the, the benefits for the, for the region as a whole, a potential positive side, of course, to what Abiy did, is that it would allow for a bit of a pause and for a fundamental rethink and for a more serious conversation, uh, at least at a technical level, about some of the, of, the, of the very important details of both the construction of GERD, uh, the way it would it would operate, and what kind of benefits it would actually generate for the wider region. But that's, of course, in a scenario where, where people don't play games with information or don't play games with each other's statements, but are genuinely committed to, A, making this project work, in fact, completing it and then making it work, and, B, to do so for for the biggest number of people in, in, in the region. And perhaps it's a bit of wishful thinking to to hope that states like Ethiopia, like Sudan, uh, like Egypt, are willing to do so. The historical record certainly doesn't just gives us very little reason to suggest that they would do so, but uh, I guess one one always hopes that, uh, that 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 that's one positive thing that could come out of this uh, this discourse that Abby has launched, uh, casting doubts on the on the integrity and the competence of the project.
0: Yeah, yeah, no can I can I see that. Um, but if we move away from looking at it in that positive um, right. light, this situation, um, you know, it seems to me what you've sketched out and what we have here, is we always had a very ambitious um, hydropower project here, um, and it always faced considerable political opposition um, from Cairo in particular um, mm-hmm. and entities associated with with Egypt. Um, but the Ethiopian government was very committed to it, and it was. Prioritize the project. But now we have a project that was always very difficult and ambitious, still faces plenty of regional opposition, doesn't have the political support that it had in Ethiopia before. And also, um, looking forward, it could suffer from the fallout of the power struggle that we now have in Ethiopia. I mean, this puts GERD um, in a very difficult position I would have thought because it was always something difficult to pull off um, and now it faces even more obstacles so you you've talked yep. about the you've ta- obviously you've mentioned the, the, these problems that it faces but give us an idea of, of how worried you are um, especially in the context of, of other you know very large scale um, dams projects of this type that we could be at a point where Good now struggles and, and maybe even possibly never will be completed?
1: Well I, I, let me, for the record I still think it will be completed, I still think it will it will happen because I think I think that DPRDF has invested so much in it and that if if nothing else that other people in the party will will force the Prime Minister who after all is not all powerful popular as he is to 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 get behind it and to to see it through uh, but as I said, I think, I think that these statements and this, this kind of communication is, as, 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 uh, has pushed it into a, a political danger zone that it didn't have to be in, uh, where you know things could have been addressed and tackled in a, in a resoundingly different manner. So um, I am, as I said, mostly worried for the, for the international repercussions uh, of this because I, I, I don't think that the other states, uh, we'll take it Will take it'll uh, we'll, we'll take, it, we'll take it or are taking it well and and are seeing it in the benign light that we would what we would hope for. Um, so my prognosis, if I was to make any is that you know will Gerd happen yes, but I, I'm afraid that what will emerge from it at least in the in the foreseeable future, let's say the next five years or so, will be a rather minimalist setup for regional integration rather than the very bold and ambitious vision that Melenawi, uh, originally set out and which, in many ways, Ethiopia and the region really need. Uh, and in that sense, that's, that's a disappointment, of course. Um, and certainly, if, if the politics continue to evolve as they are at the moment in, in Ethiopia, I think, um, yeah, that, 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 the, that the ability to, to maximize the regional benefits uh, will shrink further. Um, that I think is, 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 quite, is quite likely, unfortunately. Okay, and
0: uh, maybe to, to go back and try and end on a, on a more positive note, could you sketch out for us what the most feasible positions that the various actors could take from here on in um, to try and reverse that kind of course that, that you set out? So, not just the Ethiopian government and, and Abiy, um, but also the Sudanese. Um, who've, who've generally been supportive of the project, um, yep. President Sisi, the Gulf nations, um, but also the other um, interna- international actors, whether China, who looks like um, some of its companies are going to get more involved in the project, and um, the US and, and the EU as well. What can people do to, if they were going to collaborate and, and take the best steps forward for everyone, what kind of actions should they Should they? Do? adopt or what kind of position should they adopt now?
1: Well as I said, I mean I, I think from, a, from the best possible scenario is that, that, that this opens a, uh, two conversations. One is a very specific conversation on the GERD, uh, which takes a um, yeah a, a very serious and, and, and hard and detailed look at, 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 at some of the risks involved with the project and the, the costs that, that will have to be worn by, by different actors. Um, And in in that sense, that Abiy's uh, openness or or, or willingness to to open up, if we want to call it that, or to bring more transparency to to this project, uh, it does boost confidence, because indeed Ethiopia is willing even more than it already has to to compromise, to share information, to uh, solicit the advice of external partners, both from within the region and from without, to improve this project and to make sure indeed that the dam generates as much, if not more power than it promised that uh, hopefully the filling of the reservoir is uh, not, not very disruptive, that it's not too bad for, for Egypt or Sudan, um, that, uh, as I said, all the concerns that people have over safety of the dam and the design of, of the saddle dam, etc., all of these are, are addressed. And, and, and there, I think, yeah, donors can, can, can play a positive role, and, and, and perhaps particularly if Ethiopia were to send out an invitation for this, which so far it has been reluctant to do. That may, um, as I said, yeah, bring, bring uh, enter the negotiations that have been ongoing now for for years, as you know, in a different in a bit of a different uh, in a different uh, stage. And 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 as I said, a, a one that's more constructive and, and less ridden with 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 distrust. The second conversation, and this is also I think a, a, a positive interpretation, but let's let's go for it. Is is to do with with development projects more broadly in Ethiopia. There's a very long tendency of the Ethiopian state. under the the imperial regime, under the DERG, and also under the EPRDF to think that big is beautiful, that the bigger a project, uh, the more exciting it is, and the more deserving of support it is, uh, and in which concerns of local people and local communities are always always dismissed as uh, parochial or as anti-progress or Um, anti-development. The the best possible interpretation is that therefore, as I said, look at many of the projects that EPRDF has has started or implemented and with with good results, but in other cases with far more questionable cost-benefit ratios. If the prime minister was willing to have that conversation, and that conversation would also include sometimes findings uh, that are inconvenient for him personally or for some of his allies, that that I would find extremely refreshing, because, of course, only going after your opponents, uh, for example, waging an anti-corruption campaign that only targets those who who you don't like, yeah, I I don't think we we get very far with that. That does very little to, to instill a new norm and new thinking. If he was willing to genuinely, as I said, for example, talk about about land in Oromia, about a number of projects in Addis Ababa, um, to also uh, recognise some mistakes that he and his, his supporters and his and his party or his faction of the party uh, committed, that I would find very refreshing and very positive, and that I think the outside world, whether in the region or, or further afield, should should certainly encourage because that that would really allow uh, the potential. Uh, of the Ethiopian developmental state, which has made an incredible amount of progress, uh, but really to, to, to come to, to fruition and to reach corners and communities that hit here, here uh, or have seen very little of the benefits that others have, uh, have tasted.
0: Mm. Okay. All right. Um, great. Well, thank you very much for your views, Harry. My, uh, my great pleasure.